This is Church on the Rock, where Jesus is our message and people are our heart. Tune in to hear a teaching that we pray inspires and encourages your life with Christ. On this beautiful Sunday morning, how many woke up and thought, man, what a gorgeous day. Was not it a gorgeous day? And, and the Cubs won last night. Yeah, so that's something to be thankful about. All right, that goat's gone. <laughs> Linda's feeling that. <laughs> yes. Amen. It's good to see Judy in the house of the Lord today. Her husband had open heart surgery and went well. Let's give the Lord a hand clap for letting that go well. And Judy's new in our church. If you haven't met her yet, her and Jack are just wonderful, wonderful people. We're glad to see them to see see you today, Judy. I know your heart's probably with Jack, but I think that's cool that you're with your church family today. Very, very cool. I got a surprise last week. Cindy, um, if you don't know Cindy, Cindy's out here. Hi, Cindy. Cindy said, hey, I got a surprise for you, and, um, you know, I that could be anything, you know, so you're driving to church. I wonder what this is. But, uh, hey, Rachel and Lucas, stand up. We're glad you guys are here. Lucas is in the service. His new bride, Rachel. Now, if I get this all wrong, but but he works on submarines and is a nuclear uh, physicist. I've never had a friend as smart as him. I mean, no offense to anybody if, you, if you're my friend here, but, but it's great to see them. Uh, I guess Hurricane Matthew ran you out of there, huh? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so did, did they have a lot of devastation in the area you were at? Have you heard anything? Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we just lift up these hurricane victims those that have lost house and homes and, and people in Haiti, the, the death toll keeps raising up. Lord, we pray right now as a church. Amen. How many we, we believe right now? We pray right now that these prayers avail much, that people are receiving strength right now. And Lord, your hand of provision is opening up doors and, and water can be taken to Haiti and people's needs can be met. Father, be with grieving families today. Holy Spirit, comfort grieving families. Lord, I pray we would put ourselves in that position of losing everything and, and, and just lift that prayer today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. I, I've got a meeting with Marco this week. He, he's really got it on his heart uh, to help out when things like this happen, even, even, even around here. So I'm excited about that meeting. Um, I, I've lost a, a, a lot of people have really upset me today um, because they keep saying that my twin brother's here today. How low can you guys go on me now? No, I'm just, uh, Kent, stand up today. This is my brother, Kent, not Mark. I got a brother, Kent, and then I got another brother, Kent. That's the way we do it in Missouri. Um, and his wife, Karen. Karen, stand up and say hello. All right. You guys have heard me preach about Kent. I'm supposed to preach about, you know, I'm supposed to use the Bible. But um, every once in a while, I tell a Kent story. Kent is the one that was going around the square, just barely can see over the dash, drunker than a skunk, 
before he knew Christ, and I just gave my heart to the Lord, and I mixed it up with some guys a couple weeks before, and where we're at, you have, uh, you have squares, and you got to hold your square. You let the girls on, and you fight the guys and tell them, you can't come on our square. A little immature, but that's just what you do with country people. That's just what we do. That's just not, but anyway, uh, I had mixed it up with some guys, and a whole bunch of them came over the next weekend with a bunch of guys to uh, put a thump on, on me. <laughs> and Kent's driving by, music going. He's probably listening to Rat. <laughs> you younger guys don't know what that is. But he, he's driving by, and he, you see this. <laughs> and then he pulls in, and he comes and puts his arm around me, and he says, You know, little brother's trying to live for the Lord. I'm proud of little brother. And he was stumbling around. I'm proud of little brother. He's really trying to live for the Lord. And I think he's doing a good job. He's doing this. And then he goes, but I'm not. And starts clocking these guys. Just starts clocking them. um, But he's also also the guy that... um, I was in Bible college, and I used to call home. You guys remember the three-way phones? You've heard me talk about it. He's also the guy I would call home and say, Hey, Mom, Dad, this happened at school. I got to lead these people to the Lord on the streets today. I worked in a homeless mission today, and I would call and share because God was just had me lit on fire at age 18 and just growing in leaps and bounds, loving God with all my heart. How many know what I'm talking about? You got that today, amen? You just you just want more. You can't get enough, right, Paige? We just can't get enough. We want more. We want more of God. And uh, Kent one night said, Mom, Dad, uh, get off the phone. And my heart hit the bottom of my belly because nobody likes to be that transparent with your brother and share those kind of intimate things. And, you, you know, you got this man image you got to be holding up or something, and it's but, but anyway, Kent, Kent said, hey, uh, things aren't going good in my life. You know, I, I was a little bit wild, but he was wild. He, he, he was a bad son. No, no, I'm not kidding. I'm just, I mean, Kent really, I mean, Kent, if you're here today and, and your life seems messed up, uh, Kent is a testimony that God can turn it around. Anyway, he rededicated his life to the Lord, gave his life to the Lord, and was my roommate at Bible College, and now he pastors a, actually two churches, one in Carthage, Missouri, and one in Lamar, Missouri, and he oversees about 600-plus people, and that's what the Lord can do uh, with, with, with people. But you know what? We're on a series. We're on a series called We Are God's 300. And we're on a mission. If you have your inserts, you can pull out and look at the back page there. Uh, if you have your cell phone, Kent, you might try this out. If you have U version, you can go into events. And when you hit events, you guys that have U version, if you want to download that, when you hit events, uh, it'll say Church on the Rock, and you just click it. And the notes are there, and scriptures are there. And it's kind of cool because you can write stuff in there if you want to and, and keep, it, keep it with you. Father... People have told me, I started saying names, but several have told me today, there's something in the air. There's an excitement today. Lord, I pray that we just, 
right now, everybody just say, Lord, open your heart. Open, I open my heart to you today, Lord. Whatever you want to do in me. Lord, I, I, I want to leave just full of you and full of your presence, full of vision, full of purpose today. Lord, I, I don't want to just play church today. I, I want to be touched by your presence, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we are God's 300, and even times you're on a mission, you don't know it that you're on a mission. Like I was on a mission when I called, and my brother said, hey, hang up the phone. You know, some missions you know you're on them, and some missions you don't even know you're on them. How many know sometimes you don't even know you're on one, and later you're like, I did what? You know, e even when they say Jesus, when they're standing for Jesus at, at the judgment seat of Christ, they say, hey, you brought water, you went to prison, you did this, and some of them's like, we did what? When were we there? But is, I think it's cool that you're not keeping track of what you did for accolades. But anyway, sometimes we're on a mission uh, uh, and we know it and sometimes we don't know it. But we were created. Proverbs 16.4 says that we were created to fulfill God's purpose. And we do have a purpose. To me, if you try to find purpose in your job or even in your family or, or even in extra activities or, or having this or accumulating this or education, I'm telling you, that does not fulfill. Fulfillment is when we have that purpose in the Lord. How many know what I'm talking about? You have that purpose in the Lord, but God planned my life with a mission before I was born. And that Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork. We were created in Christ Jesus. Everybody say to do. To do good works which God prepared in advance. In advance. How many of you believe? I've been preaching about it several weeks. How many believe that God has divine appointments in advance for you to do this week? How many believe that? How many think, know that God's got some setups? God's got some things he wants to do. We are his to do in this world. And, and I think we just need to have our head on a spindle all the time. Whether it's at work, whether it's at home, wherever we're at, that our, our, our head is just on a spindle. And we're looking and we're being alert and, and we're watching and we're waiting and we're listening. How many do that? We're watching, we're waiting, we're listening to see how we can be God's hands and feet. Anybody here want to be on a mission? The reason we said it's God's 300 is because we're about 300, as, we're a little over 300 as a church, and to me, we are God's 300 sent out to win this world every week. Amen? Praise God. So fulfilling my mission, it brings glory to God. The Bible says I brought glory. Jesus said, I, it brings glory to you, God, by completing the work that you gave me to do. And then also my primary task in life. Sometimes I think we make it secondary. Everybody say primary. My primary task in life needs to be to fulfill my mission. You know, the most important thing in Acts 20, 24, it says the most important thing is that I complete my mission. The most important thing is that I complete my mission, the work that the Lord Jesus gave me to do. And that work is this, to tell people the good news and about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. How many knows the message? Amen. And we are called to do that. So the next point is Jesus did. Jesus did it. If you want to write this down, Jesus did it. Jesus taught us to do it. And he wants us to teach others to do it. This is something that is heavy, heavy in my spirit. If you say, hey, pastor, what is the Lord saying to you when you're praying for our church and when you're praying for me through the week? Here's what God's saying to me. He's saying, first, Jesus did it, meaning, and you'll understand what that means in a minute. Like, Jesus did it. He did his mission. He did the work of the ministry. And then he taught 
his disciples to do it, and then they taught their disciples to do it. Guys, listen to me. This is a word in the Spirit. Is God wants everyone. I know, I know that uh, Jan Hale has felt this for years, but God wants everyone to disciple someone every year. If you just took one or two people and discipleship is just where you pour your heart into them. Discipleship is when you're on a journey and you started with God right here and you're kind of going upward to God and you're getting up here. Discipleship is simply finding somebody that is where you were at and you help them to walk out those steps that you did from point A to point B. I believe that everybody needs upward discipleship. I believe everybody needs a Paul to where somebody's sowing and pouring into you. I believe that everybody needs a, a, a Barnabas that, that's a friend that can speak into your life, that can hold you accountable. But brothers and sisters, everyone needs a Timothy. Everyone needs a Timothy. We need somebody that we're pouring into. And, and I, I know Paige doesn't know, doesn't care, because I just know Paige doesn't care. But, but, but me, me on this point right here, me, me and Paige was praying last week, and she's like, all of God, I want all of God. I, I'm so hungry. Isn't that wonderful, guys? But even Paige, who, who might be at that place in her, in her walk, Paige has someone that she can sow into. It, it, it may be that, that some of you just came in the last month or the last three weeks, anybody that's been touched by God, anybody in this building that's been touched by God, God calls you not only to be growing yourself and not only to be accountable sideways, but God has someone that, for you to pour into. God has someone in your world that doesn't know him. Amen. And so we look at our world and we say, man, these people in my world, they don't know God. And get this, you guys, get this. You can win them easier than I can. You are God's key to, their, to that kingdom. I, I believe we need to look at ourselves as keys to the kingdom. Guys, really, really hear this. So, so, so we see that. The Bible says, let me give you some scriptures on this. The Bible says in, in um, Acts 1.1, uh, it says, in my first book, uh, Luke's writing, he said, I told you, Theophilus, about everything that Jesus began to do and taught us to do it, it, it he says he said in his letter he said everything that jesus began to do and to teach is what it says so what jesus did is he did miracles he did healings he showed them how to do it but on one and one he taught them to do it everybody say discipleship he taught them to do it so that when he was gone they could do it but then it goes another step Further, look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. It says that he gave apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists. He, he gave these people so they could prepare people or they could equip the people for the works of service so that the body of Christ can be built up. So, so, so Jesus did it, and then he taught his disciples to do it, and they started doing it. But then he put people in the church, apostles, teachers, evangelists. Even right now, where are you at, Dave? Dave, stand up in the back. Everybody look at Dave. Right now, everybody look at Dave. Dave, we have Rock School of the Bible. Dave, how many people are in the healing class right now? He's got 16 people. Like, like to me, if you need healing, you, you know, you're supposed to be equipped 
for the ministry. Like if somebody at your work said, uh, hey, I want you to, I need, uh, I want us to get to a point where we just don't hear neighbors or hear people at work or hear family members say, I'm going to the hospital or I'm sick or I have this emotional problem or, or this. I want us to be his 300 that when they say that, we don't just ignore it and they just let some words out in the air, but we become God's hands and feet to where we say, can I pray with you? Can I show you some scriptures? Well, right now, we are God's 300. We need to be equipped for the ministry. And part of the way that we operate Church on the Rock is Rock School of the Bible. The, the, the whole class is on gifts and healing right now. To me, if you need healed or you know people that need to be healed, go learn about that and be equipped. And then you can be God's conduits of blessing and agents of blessing to the world. Amen. Give the Lord a hand for that. We can be his agents. A blessing to the world so so Jesus did it and then taught him to taught his disciples to do it Jesus did it and he left the fivefold in the church to equip the body to do it but there's another step look at this second uh, Timothy 2 2 it says you have heard me teach things this is Paul talking to Timothy and it's been confirmed by many reliable witness now teach these truths to other trustworthy people so they may be able to pass it on everybody say pass it on so they can pass it on how many see that how many see that Jesus taught it then he left the fivefold in the church to where they taught people and then those people went and began to teach their people I want to ask you who are your people who, who are your people even if it's one right Jan even if it's one even if it's one that we sow a whole year into and meet with them and pour everything we know. Everybody needs to be discipling somebody. Is our, everybody with me? We, we, we need to be doing that. So if you say, hey, pastor, what's God telling you? He's telling me, hey, Brian, it's not a big event. It's not, uh, not that we're not going to uh, do picnics and, 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 eat, and egg hunts and stuff to get the community. We will still do that. Not that we're not going to do food baskets or, or help out an elementary school or, or different. It's not that we're not going to do those. But I think, listen, I think those are secondary. I think that is the secondary plan of the Lord. I think his primary plan is that every one of us is on a mission each week for him, every day. Are you all with me? A personal mission. Amen. So. So, so, when you, in your notes where it says, what's the Holy Spirit saying to me at the bottom, or down at the bottom somewhere, I'm curious, who are you sowing into? Who's somebody that doesn't know the Lord that you can be the extension? Who is somebody that you are their lifeline? That, that, that we, we're hearing about the plans that God has to win the world. And I'm saying, you are God's plan. He doesn't have a backup plan. Who is God wanting you to talk to this week? Who is God wanting you to build that relationship with this week? All right, I'm going to go on. I think we, we, we've got that point. So the Holy Spirit empowers and enables us for our mission is the next point. Now, last week we talked about how Jesus was emptied so he could be empowered. He emptied himself of deity. 
He emptied himself of, of, of kingship and creator and supreme and ruler and exalted one. He emptied himself. He emptied himself of that. And he came in a human body. Emptied. I, I want you to think of all authority, all kingship, creator God, who Thought it not robbery to be equal with God, as Philippians says, but he made himself of no reputation and came and got in a human body. Brothers and sisters, when we empty ourselves, Jesus didn't have pride, I'm switching it to us now. When we empty ourselves of wanting to be exalted, when we empty ourselves of wanting everybody to give us praise, when we empty ourselves that our time is not our time, but my time is God's time. Are y'all with me today? When we empty ourselves and say, my life is your life, God. I'll do anything. When, when we empty ourselves, when we truly empty ourselves, listen, that is the point when we can be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Listen, Jesus was empowered with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said everything that I do. He, he said, I, my Father gives me the ability to do it. The, the Bible says in Acts 10, 38, it says how Jesus was anointed. He was anointed of the Holy Spirit and he went about doing good and, and healing the uh, people that were sick and setting free the demonic. But my point is this, he was filled with the Spirit. He emptied himself of abilities, of deity, of God, of creator. He emptied himself and got in a body just like you and I. And when he was baptized, the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. And a voice opened from heaven and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Jesus got a full endorsement from God. If you read in 1 John chapter 5 where it says that there's three baptisms, the, 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 the word, the, the water, and the spirit, and it says how, how, how there's three, what that means is Jesus had a full endorsement of the Trinity. When it, how many know in, in that 1 John 3 where it says there's three that bear record in heaven? The word, the blood, and the spirit, and these three are one. What that is, it's talking about endorsement of power. What that is, is Jesus had the endorsement at his water baptism, where heaven opened up at water and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Jesus gave a full endorsement through the blood at the cross of Calvary. When he said it is finished, it was finished. Hell was broken. The power of death was broken. The power of sin was broken. So Jesus did that. And then the Holy Spirit descended upon him. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they all said, this is the Son of God. Brothers and sisters, when you go out as God's 300, listen, the same thing you have. That's what God's trying to have me get into your head or into your thinking, is you have the same endorsement. You have heaven open up, and God the Father saying, this is my beloved daughter. This is my beloved son. You have the full endorsement of the finished work of the cross of Calvary. 
And we've been given the name of Jesus, which is a name above every name. We've got the power in the name of Jesus. And we have the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus and anointed him. The Holy Spirit descends upon you and anoints you. Brothers and sisters, I pray right now something supernatural happening. I pray that the eyes of your understanding of this congregation would see themselves being emptied right now. Just like Jesus was. And I pray that you'd lift your hands towards heaven and you'd say, give me that same Holy Spirit empowerment. The same Holy Spirit empowerment that Jesus Christ himself had. There's one baptism. There's one Lord. There's one Spirit. That's what the Word teaches. My question to you, is the Holy Spirit that baptized Jesus different than the Holy Spirit that baptizes you? Is the Holy Spirit that anointed Jesus of Nazareth so he could do healings, miracles, signs and wonders, preach the gospel, set the oppressed free? Is that not the same Spirit that fills us? He emptied himself, just like we're empty. Can any of you do a miracle? Can any of you, do any of you know what to say when people are asking you questions? We don't know what to say. I, I'm 28 years, I never know what to say. You just go by faith and believe God will fill you with the word. He'll fill you, he'll empower you for that moment. But I think we have to see ourselves empty and filled. Now, when you're filled, the Holy Spirit empowers you and enables you for ministry. Now, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2, it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. To me, much of the church is ignorant when it comes to spiritual gifts. Paul said it's very important that we understand spiritual gifts. Are you all with me? We're going to be God's 300. It's very important that we understand spiritual gifts. So we can use them personally. So we can use them in our church groups. So we can use them in our workplace. And then notice the Trinity in verse 4. There are diversities of gifts. That gifts is the word charisma. Some of you have heard the name charis, which means grace. And ma means gifts. So when you see that word there are diversities of gifts in the Greek that is charisma charisma it means grace gifts in other words grace is the ability to do something you can't do right so God's grace comes upon you in any situation you're in and gives you gifts to be able to do it well, somebody say grace gifts but it's the same spirit referring to the Holy Spirit there are different ministries but the same Lord referring to Jesus Christ and there are di diversities of activities I want you to circle that word activities and write this word. Here's the Greek word for activities. It's the, it's the word iner, iner, energema. Energema. And that's where we get our word energy. So this is meaning the energies of God. The energies of the Spirit being pressed into something. That the, into the gifts of the believer. So, so what this is saying is don't be ignorant about these gifts. God's there, the Holy Spirit's there, Jesus is there, and he says there's diversities of energies. There's diversities. 
but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of these charisma gifts, the manifestation of these grace gifts, but the manifestation is energized by the Spirit given to each of us for the profit of others. Guys, here's what happens. We're going to learn that there's nine gifts. But what happens is when you're in, I'm going to teach you on these nine gifts. When you are into these nine gifts, the Holy Spirit will take these gifts and he'll go, he'll blow into it and he'll make it active in a life to where these gifts are laying dormant inside of you, might, you might say, but you need a word of knowledge. You need healing. You need this. You need this. Well, what will happen is the Holy Spirit will come upon you when you get yourself out there for him and he'll energize that gift at his will and it'll raise up inside of you and you'll be able to do something by the grace of the Lord you'll be able to give a gift away that's what that means then it tells there's nine gifts and we're not gonna I'm not gonna read that you guys can read that but the three we're gonna look at today are these word of knowledge word of wisdom and discerning of spirits word of knowledge word of wisdom and discerning the spirit I call these the discerning or the perceiving gifts John 6 15 says Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him so he went on a different way one time I was going up a hill and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said Brian pull over on the left shoulder when you're going up a hill you're supposed to go on the right shoulder but I felt the Holy Spirit say pull over on the left shoulder and go up that hill on the left shoulder not on the left side but on the left shoulder when I did that, I got to the top of a hill. We were in farm country, and a hay wagon was there, and a teenager had darted around that hay wagon at 50 to 80 mile an hour, and if I'd have been in that lane, it'd have been, boom, a head-on collision. But word of knowledge came. Get over on that side. Matthew, Mark 6, 2, 6 through 7. Um, but some of the teachers and religious, they were setting, and there they thought to themselves, they thought to themselves what he is saying. This is blasphemy. Only God forgave sin. But it says Jesus knew immediately. How did he know? It was word of knowledge. He knew immediately. Okay? So, so you could go on to that. In John chapter 4, verse 16, where he went to the woman at the well, he said, go speak to your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. Jesus said, you're, you're right. You have five husbands. And the one you have isn't your husband. See, he didn't know that. There's no way that he knew that. Word of knowledge is when, word of knowledge, here's the definition of word of knowledge. It's to know something specific without having learned it by a natural means. Word of knowledge is you know something specific. It's not learned by gossiping and whispering. It's not learned by surmising. It's not devilish. It's a word that comes inside of you. Where you, it's not by trying to figure it out or are you set and you analyze things for too long in fact that is the enemy that has you do that setting and analyzing and trying to figure out head games let me say it like this head games crap head games are mess you up get out of the head game word of knowledge is not head games word of knowledge is a supernatural word that comes hey I've always had a heart to fix things I, I could see an old truck become new I can go into an old 1800s house and I can see it new I can also see that in people 
And God told me that I will give you word of knowledge. I will tell you somebody has a pornography problem. I will tell you that, somebody is, that, that somebody's marriage is messed up and if something doesn't happen, it's going to be gone today. I will tell you when people are hurting. I will show you insight. I, 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 will, I will tell you things that there's no way you could have known. But a couple of things, you got to keep your trap shut with what I tell you. And you have to be a deliverer and not a judge. And not set yourself up on some pedestal thinking that you have got anything and you're an untouchable. Which to me, I see a little bit of that um, in the elections where you got these untouchables. To me, there's dirt on everybody. But, but, but they... On, uh, yeah, I'll stay with it. Dirt on everybody. There ain't anybody perfect. That's why we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And when Christians start getting into degrees of sin and who sins more, you're getting into the law. Billy Graham says it and, and Jesus Christ says it, which even makes it more. It says if you've fallen in one of them, you've fallen in all of them. And to me, everybody, everybody says, well, you got to to love much, you got to sin much. That's not true. My wife has sinned very little compared to me in, in sin list in sin list mine would unravel back and forth across this stage from when I was born I, I think the only thing Carmen's ever done wrong is stepped on a crack when she's chewing bubble gum or, or I mean <laughs> she she's like perfect she as far as what the world would think of that Okay, but she loves God as much as I do. Why? Because she doesn't do a tally and start lifting herself up. Are y'all with me? Okay, it, it, you don't have to sin much to love much. You can sin little and love lots. Amen. Uh, but but this uh, the, 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 but 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 when you see things in people's life, so so word of knowledge is when you see things in people's life and God uses you to talk to them about it. And help them to get free. Write this down. Accountability and correctability. Everybody talks about accountability. Oh, make me accountable, brother. Make me accountable, sister. But when we start making them accountable and we start correcting, they don't want to be corrected. If you want to be accountable, you also need to be correctable. Are you all with me? Say amen. All right. And then the next one is discerning of spirits. And we're going to make this easy. It doesn't, people say, well, I have the gift of discernment. That is not what the scripture says there. A lot of people walk around and say, I have a gift of discernment. I, I, I believe that, that we need to have discernment, that we're supposed to judge words, that we're supposed to see that things line up and discern. When people come up and tell you something, you need to judge it. You need to see is what people said to me doesn't line up to the word. But this doesn't say gift of discernment. It says discerning of spirits. And some people say, oh, I have the gift of discernment. And the reason they say that is so they can walk into groups or settings and really so they can be critical. Or they can analyze or be somebody that, oh, God's told me this, that I, I've discerned this. And, and, and it's not talking about that. Discerning of spirit is this. It's to be made aware of a presence of a demonic spirit. Discerning of spirit is to be made aware of the presence of a demonic spirit. Guys, you may be a Christian here today, and, and, and I'm not 
talking about being possessed with the devil, but Christians are oppressed. There are sometimes, there, there are some things that some of you are fighting with, maybe habits or situations or, or something in your marriage or something with your kids. Listen to me. Sometimes it's not life, just life. Sometimes it's not just something we've made a bad choice on and we're kind of living with our mistakes. Sometimes when you're being overpowered, anybody here ever get overpowered? There are times, sometimes when you get overpowered, it's demonic in nature. Sometimes when your kids pop an attitude, sometimes it's not popping an attitude. Sometimes it's demonic. Sometimes when there's a fight between a relationship, sometimes it's just a fight between relationship and you're disagreeing on something. But, and we're being stubborn or something. But sometimes it's demonic. It's demonic. And in America, we always think that all demon possession happens in Africa. I'm telling you that demons are alive and well in the United States of America, and we dress them up, and they come as angels of light, and nobody has the boldness to say, it's demons. It's demons. I'll never, uh, I, I'll never forget when, when I was battling with anxiety and fear of man and stuff, fears, just afraid all the time, and anxiousness. I realized at a point that this was not a physical problem. And we all know the scripture. One time the Lord came to me and said, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. It just hit me. Fear is a spirit. It's a spirit. Fear can be a demonic spirit. The depression you have could be a demonic spirit. The fear you have to turn the light off at night or that, that something's going to happen to you bad every day, that can be a demonic spirit. Discerning of spirit is when you can discern that. Hey, it's almost better when it is a demonic spirit because the devil's defeated. It's almost easier when it's a demon. Go in Jesus' name. Go. It's, it's easier. It's easier. Hey, you know, you know a third of heaven fell. A third of angels fell from heaven. A third of them. And everybody says that Satan came and tempted you. Now, Satan had, probably hadn't tempted anybody in this room himself because he's not omnipresent. And none of us are probably that big of a deal where Satan himself came. All right? But his co-works have come to you. And there's billions of them. There, there's, there's enough of them. If, 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 if the scripture teaches that we all have an angel in charge over us to protect us, a third of angels fell. So there are angels. Paul even talked about a messenger of Satan that was sent. And you know what? Paul never asked for that messenger of Satan. That's, a, that's the way I'm changing the prayer. Is I'm not asking to make it leave. I'm saying, Lord, prepare a table in the very midst of my enemies. Anoint my head with oil. Uh, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy. Lord, uh, I, I say, Lord, you're Jehovah Nissi. I don't care if there's 
uh, 10,000. Psalms 3 says, it doesn't matter, 10,000 have increased about me and they're all around me and it's darkness all around me. Where I'm at, there's a bubble. There's a peace. There's a joy. Are y'all with me today? Discerning of spirit. Some things that you're fighting with your kids, some things you're fighting in your marriage, some things you're fighting in the, your business. I'm just saying, could it be possible that it's demonic in nature? We need discern the spirit. And the last one is word of wisdom. Word of wisdom. And word of wisdom is, is <clears throat> word of wisdom is a divine answer or solution for a particular event. Word of wisdom is a divine solution for answer or solution for a particular event. Luke 20, 20 through, through 26, if you write that down. John 9, 29 through 33, this guy that just Gary preached about the blind man. He, remember when Gary preached on the blind man a few weeks ago? This blind man got a word of wisdom where he upset all those religious guys just with one sentence. So you'll see word of wisdom there. Ephesians 1, 17 and 18 says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Look at that. The spirit of wisdom. I don't know about you. That's something I ask for every day. Lord, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Amen. So word of wisdom is a, it's a revelation of Jesus. Listen, guys. It's a revelation of the word of God where you can say things and you can direct situations and you can have that right answer at a business meeting. You can have that right answer when you're talking to somebody and you don't have the answer. Are y'all with me? These are grace gifts that Jesus was given as he was empowered, as the musicians come. How do we apply this? Application. 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 Everybody, application is this. You are God's 300. We hope this message connected with you. To get more information about Church on the Rock, check out our website at www.cotrag.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Have a blessed day.